would say the vast majority of our churches are not true believers. And I don't want you to be fooled today. I don't want you to stand before God one day and say, but God, I, I did all of these things. I, I went to church every Sunday. You're going to tell me you're not letting me in? Is he going to look at you and say, I, didn't, I never even knew you. I never even knew you. There's a difference in visiting someone's house and being a part of that family. Are you a visitor or are you a child? You see, I treat my sons much different than I would treat any of you at my house. And I love you guys. But you're not going to come jumping on my couches. We have problems. There's a difference in being a visitor and being a son or a daughter. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Time for games is over. I think the well is hopefully known for that. We're, I mean, you know, I know that it's been said about us that we entertain and, and do all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I think people just mean because we got, they're mad because we got good music, you know. <laughs> hey, let them be mad. I don't care. But I, I, the bottom line is I don't think we sugarcoat because we can't. We can't. That's waste dust, smoke and mirrors. It's just absurd. There's no way I'm going to get up here and say, all right, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yahoo! Now, forget that. If you are a pretender, we need for you to be called out. We need for you to realize, not because we're going to smack you around or talk down to you, but so that we can, we can do the paperwork, so that, we can, so that we can show you how to be truly adopted into the family of God and have every right to everything in the universe, just like Christ. You need to have the name. You need to have the name. You need to be transformed. Your family needs to be different. When they look at you, they say, different. Different. The day for playing church is over. And I need for y'all to tell me that too. Because I'm human too. We need to encourage each other to be real. To be known. To be known. Let me read the story to you, then we'll get in, we'll break it down a little bit, and we will see Jesus here, I promise. We're looking at Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 20. Listen to the story. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you or I command you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. You see that? I, I, I'm commanding you, evil spirit, by the Jesus whom Paul, that guy over there, proclaims. I'm commanding you. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. And that means enthusiastically praised and lifted high. 
Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of the books, the value of them, and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. 50,000 pieces of silver is what it amounted to. The sacrifice that was given because of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Does anybody remember how many pieces of silver Jesus Christ was sold for? 30. 30. But as Jesus Christ went into the ground, as payment for your adoption, came back up out of the earth to set it apart and to put the stamp on it and to, to, to sign his name on the trick, check for your soul, his name was invaluable. Jesus Christ paid the adoption fees for you to gain his invaluable name. The fact that we walk around and do not take advantage of this gift and this adoption is ludicrous. It's insanity. It's like if I were to stand here right now, open up a briefcase and have five million and say, would you like to have it? No strings attached. You're like, ah, I'm good. What? You're crazy. Let's talk about the name a little bit. You see, there's a difference in being a visitor to God's house and being part of the family. We walk in and out. My son, he comes home, he, just, he, don't, he, don't even, he don't knock on the door. He doesn't ask if he can come in. He just opens the door and goes in. There's a difference. Let's look at our lives. The first thing I want to talk to you about is that our availability is our greatest flaw. Or lack thereof, I should say. Our availability is our greatest flaw. Flaw. It is the place where most of us fall straight off the wagon. It is the place where most of us lose ground and lose power and lose everything that God would desire to do in our lives because we are not available to be used by the king. We have something else going on, and that word just smacked me right in the face. Because I am too busy, I will tell you plain and honest. I am too busy. Please pray for me that I can prioritize and learn how to tell somebody no. Are you the same way? Our availability is our greatest flaw. You see, our minds and our hearts must be available. Let's get into the Word a little bit. Listen to what it says. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched the, uh, his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now, let me ask you a question. Is God the same today, yesterday, and forever? Does, does God still do miracles? Why are we not seeing more of them? Now, I'm not going to call somebody up here who's got a cold, smack them right in the face, hit them, watch them hit the ground and say, oh, I'm healed. I'm not do that today, okay? But what I'm telling you is, is that there is power to be had. <clears throat> There's power to be had. There's walking on water that's to be had. 
and they're seeing it in other places, but we are not taking advantage of this because, in my opinion, our hearts and our minds are not available to see this huge, scary truth. You see, in order for Paul to be in order for his hands to be used, his mind and his heart must be available. Now, I'm not telling you that you got to start believing crazy things, okay? I believe God works and, and God's going to do what God's going to do. But I'm telling you that even, even the little things, even the little things. What, what I just read to you said that, that, that Paul believed and that Paul was intertwined with God so much that God was doing these crazy things through his hands. Even so much that if he had just, a handkerchief had rubbed against his skin, that handkerchief had enough power to heal the sick, to do amazing things. Now, the presence of God and the power of God can use a snotty handkerchief, but you think you can't be used. You get where I'm going? We don't open ourselves up enough. We are shut off. We close the door with this statement. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. How can God use me? Do you know the sin that I have in my life? He used a snotty handkerchief. God can use you in amazing ways, but we have to open up our minds. We say, God, I'm, I'm no good. I'm broken. Do you know the sin I have in my life? And he's saying, yeah. Yeah. I do, actually. And that's even going to help me because when I overcome that sin, the fact that you're so weak and so stupid, everybody's going to know it was me. Everybody's going to know it was me. It's time for us to make ourselves available in our minds and in our hearts. It is time for us to give ourselves to God so that he can use our hands. Many of you will not be there Tuesday night because you've got something better to do. And I understand some of you may actually have something to do Tuesday night, and that's okay. But many of you won't be at the mission. Many of you, you won't be at the Christmas parade giving stuff out. Many of you won't be at, at this and at that to be used. Many of you just come here. And I understand maybe God has, has got you in a growth process. Maybe he's trying to convince you that being used by God is the growth process. I'm not begging you to come and do anything. I'm begging you to be used by God because you will not advance until you are molded, shaped, and sharpened by the king. Are you available? Are you available? Or are you just saying, God, I'll let you have this, but I don't know about this. I'll let you have this. I don't know about this. I'm not sure. So, God, we want to say... We want to say, I, I, I'm a king, I, I'm a child of the king, I, I, I believe in Jesus. But are you available? Are you really doing the things that he's calling you to do? Do you trust him? Have you let it go? Or are you like, ah, I don't know. Second thing is, our hands must be available. <coughs> you see, many of us get to the place where we want to believe. And I don't know about you, but I've had many, 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 many people come to me and say, Brandon, I, I want to believe. 
I want to believe, but I don't know how. I had this conversation with my mom before, a long time ago. I've had this conversation with several of you in this audience. I've had this conversation over and over and over again. I want to believe, but I don't know how. I want to want God more, but I don't know how. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to look at pornography. I don't want to be greedy with my money. I don't want to look down on people, but I don't know how to come out of that. God grants repentance the same as he grants salvation. You want to know how to overcome sin? Stop fighting your sin and start seeing the king. You see, it's not even your battle. The battle is not yours. You will not win. If you try to, to fight this evil demon, if you try to fight this world, if you try to fight the sin that's coming at you through your own power, even by saying, or talking about Jesus, you will get slammed, beat down to the floor, and run out of here naked and screaming. Because you ain't that bad. You're not that strong. You ain't. You're weak. Just like me. It's the king. It's the name. It's the name. You remember when we talked about this, when Jesus Christ stepped out of the boat and the demon-possessed man who had the legions inside of him that saw him, and is immediately when he heard the name, he came, ran. Nobody could change him. He was breaking chains left and right. And as soon as he heard the name, the demon-possessed man ran and bowed down at the feet of Jesus and said, please don't kill me. It's the name. Our hands must be available. <laughs> it says here, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. You see, you've got to give your mind and your heart over to Christ, be transformed by Him, have His name written on your jersey, have His name written on your birth certificate, and then He can use your hands because you're part of the family. You will be known by Him. There will be power in that name. There will be power in your bloodline. You will be born again into a new, into a new family. And God will be able to do th things through you that you could not possibly imagine. He could use your hands to give someone else hope. See, so many of, of us are, are trapped at the beginning that we won't even give ourselves and our minds and our hearts over to God so He can't use our hands. We're so convinced that we're no good that we put our hands in our pockets like this and we say, God can't use me. But if we would make ourselves available to God, then it would free our hands up and it would put us on a path of building God's kingdom. So not only is God looking to build you up and to give you what you need and to fulfill you and to give you purpose, but he is looking to fill you up so full that then you would have more to just take and give. And you could build other people up. This is Discipleship 101. Church is not about even people coming in here and getting saved. It's about me helping you to understand who Jesus Christ is and what he does for you so that you then can turn around and go out into the community and be the hands and feet of Christ and to give out massive helpings of Jesus. All the time. Like Kevin Ford. He's not a preacher, but I guarantee you people see Jesus in his life every day. And many of you. But so many of us are just not available. We're not available. When we become available, we are usable. When we become available, we are usable. You see, until you can hear 
His voice. Until you know His voice and you come to Him, you can't be used by Him. And some of us are children, but we are so turned off and we are so out, out of whack. We're so out of it. We're just, we're just not with it at all that we can't be used by God even though we're children. And you know what I'm talking about. I've got a six-year-old, and <coughs> he has an iPad. And it's a gift from his mommy and daddy. Now, he's my son. And I ought to be able to talk to him and communicate with him. I ought to be able to ask things of him. And he would say, yes, sir. <laughs> And those of you who have kids are like, ha, yeah. But it should be that way. He's my son. I had a big part in making him. But a lot of the times, through the gift that I gave him, he cannot hear my voice. He'd be looking at that iPad, and literally, I'd be like, Titus. Titus. Titus! Still nothing. I'll just mess with him sometimes because I don't even know how he could be so zoned out. Because he'll be looking at that iPad, and I'll get on the other side of the iPad and I'll be looking over it. I'll just goof with him. I'll be like, and he's just, it's crazy, isn't it, babe? I mean, it's amazing how in tune he can be with this gift. To be totally out of touch with his daddy. How many of you are so in love with the things that Jesus has, you can't even hear his voice? It's not about his gifts. It's about him. We've got to be available. We've got to be available. The second is, is that, number two, our desire to use God instead of being used by him will be our fall. This kind of goes along with what I was just saying. The bottom line is our desire to use God instead of being used by Him will be our fall. You see, this is what the problem was <coughs> with the sons of Sceva. They wanted the benefits of being able to use the name of Jesus to get what they wanted, but they didn't really know Him. They, didn't, they weren't marked by the name. You see, Paul, on the other hand, he was known by God. He was known by that name. As a matter of fact, Paul says, I bear on my body the brand marks of Christ. It's one of my favorite verses. In other words, Paul would say, you want to know who my dad is? You want to know what family I am? He'd start taking his shirt off. And the scars on his back would have told you what family he was a part of. The name. I bear on my body the brand marks of Christ. I've been set apart. Set. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> some of you caught that. Some of you didn't. The video surely did. Some of us have been set apart by the name of Jesus Christ. And your presence alone, your presence alone will be powerful. But some of us just want to use the name just like these men. And listen to what it says. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists under, 
undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you or I command you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. You see, they were looking at, at these messed up people, these people who were uh, possessed by evil spirits and demons. And they were looking at Paul and seeing what Paul was doing and seeing how Paul was being used and the, and the power that Paul had in his hands. And they looked at this evil spirit and said, by the name that he proclaims, Jesus, I'm commanding you to come out. You see, they didn't know Jesus. They didn't know him personally. They weren't marked by him. They weren't set apart by him. They were not children of the king, but they were wanting to use him for the cool stuff that he had. I wonder how many people sitting in the room want all of Jesus' cool stuff, but you don't want him. You don't want him. You know what happens when you live that way? Listen to what it says. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you? But who are you? You see, we want to think of it as a bad thing that we're weak. We want to think of it as a bad thing that we, we have no power of our own or no righteousness of our own. And we say, oh, I, I can't come to church. I can't give my life to Christ because I'm so dirty. That's exactly where you have to be in order to come to the king. You can't think you've got it figured out. You, you, everybody says, oh, I've got to get some stuff in line first. No, you don't. You've got to understand you can't get anything in line. Then you come. This backwards theology. We think that we got to figure it all out. we got to clean ourselves. I can't go to church looking like this. What are you going to do? You're going to get all dolled up? You're going to get all your righteousness on? How are you going to have room for the righteousness of Christ if you're planning and banking on your own righteousness? you got to see your weakness. These guys wanted the the good gifts of Jesus, but they didn't know Him. They didn't have any room for Him. They wanted their own glory. They wanted their own power. And the result was amazing. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered them all, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. The next time I see some of you running around naked and wounded, I will know what happened. Wesley? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You see, you just get slam embarrassed. And you will be embarrassed one day if you're taking the king's name just to get the power. To be known by him, to be used by him is where we need to be. Are you borrowing a God to get what you need? Are you borrowing a God to get what you need? Do you see what God has done in other people's lives and you say, I would like to have some of that. And I want to keep the king part, but could you just give me some of that? You see, that's what it's like in, in my house, right? I mean, Titus's friends come over and I love him to death, love them to death, but they, they, don't, really, they don't really love me like he does. They, you know, they're ready to go home at the end of the day. But they, they want to come over and they want to play with the toys or eat up all the food, you know. They want the good stuff, but they don't want to live there. They don't want, they don't want to be known by that. They got their own mommy and daddy. 
They've got their own master. They've got their own name. They've got their own home. But my children are different, and they're treated different by me. They're empowered different by me. They're lifted up different by me than those others. Even though I do love them and I care about them, it's not the same. And all of you know that. Pretenders will be revealed. Pretenders will be revealed. And again, I don't, I don't say this in here to judge you or to knock you down so that you can't get back up. I say this because you need to be revealed so that you can be transformed. And I will tell you this, and it may be a little bit, con uh, I don't know, it might be a little hot topic. But, but I, I think that the sinner's prayer is very dangerous. I do. Now, I'm not totally against the sinner's prayer because I believe you, I've used the sinner's prayer. And what I mean by sinner's prayer is, you say, okay, do you want to be saved? Do you want to go to heaven? Okay, repeat this prayer to me. Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in you. I confess. But the problem is, is that so often we get the idea that if we pray this prayer and we say this 13-word routine, that we are then good and we don't have to worry about it anymore, which is fatal. Fatal mistake. Because Jesus Christ is not concerned with lip service or any routine prayer that you may say he wants your life and he will not stop until he gets it one way or the other you will either give him your life willingly or he will take it you understand what I'm saying there's another place in scriptures that I need for you to hear because if you never know, then you may be able to say, but God, I never knew. So let me take your excuses away. Listen to the word of God. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You have no excuse. I want you to think about this just for a second. They were standing before him and they said, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we do not do mighty works in your name? Did we not do all of these miraculous, powerful things? Now let me ask you, let me ask me, have you ever cast out a demon? Have you? Have you ever done mighty works to see miracles happen right before your very eyes? Supernatural, mind-blowing things? Have you? Yes? No? Maybe so? Check. My thing is this. If these people were standing before God and they had cast out demons and seen demons leave people, 
They had done mighty works and healed people who were sick and dying right there and watched them stand up. And Jesus looked at them and said, I don't even know you. Me and you, we better know that we know him. Because I promise you none of us have done that. If so, I want to know. You've got to know him. Your works will not be enough. Your attendance will not be enough. Your good works will not be enough. Your charity will not be enough. Jesus plus anything is nothing. Jesus alone is salvation for all. There is no other name under heaven by which one can be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus and nothing else. I can't express that enough. And the third and, and the last thing is that our surrender and adoption is our only hope. This week is Thanksgiving. And as we think about the name of Christ and being known by Christ and what we can be thankful for, what we can be thankful for is that the adoption was so high. The price of adoption was so high that no one could foot that bill. You see, my wife and I would like to adopt one day because I can't seem to do anything but make boys. I'm reading books. I'm sorry, babe. I don't know what's wrong with me. But we would like to adopt one day. You know how much it costs to adopt a baby? Yeah. Somebody want to let me borrow a little money? It costs a lot, which I don't get. There's a lot of babies who need a home. You can make like 50 bucks. Everybody's got a home. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand. Like, I'll pay you gas money to drive a little fella or a little girl. You see, I don't know what's the boys. I don't know. I'll pay you $50 in gas. You drive a little girl on over to my house, and I will spend the rest of my life spending money on her. You know what I'm saying? The price of adoption is amazingly high, and the price of your adoption is eternally priceless. Don't you understand what you have to pay to get this name? Don't you understand what you have to pay to get this name? The price is infinite because your sin is vast. You have separated yourself from the name of God and you do not deserve his name. You do not deserve his name and neither do I. He should not have given it to you. Much less bought you himself. You were bought with a price. You see, many, many, many will stand before him and they'll say, but God, we did this, but God, we did that. And he'll say, I never knew you. You were not part of my family. You see, there's, enormous, there's an enormous difference between those who use Jesus' name and those who have Jesus' name. Those who use Jesus' name get beat up and run naked. Those who have Jesus' name dominate. Because on the same hand that 
Those who stand against Jesus Christ will not survive. Those who stand with Jesus Christ cannot fail. And it's all because of the name on the back of the jersey. You see, let me tell you something right now. The name that you carry will carry you as far as it can. Is the name that's written on the back of your jersey, is it an infinite name? Is it an all-powerful name? Is it a name that every tongue will bow to and every tongue will confess? What name? What name is written on your jersey? What name do you carry? What name do you proclaim? Who are you known by? Who do other people know you as? A child of the king? Or are you just a pretender? As we all stand to our feet and as these guys continue to play and the lights come down, I, I want you to think about something. I, and I like to use my kids a lot as illustrations because I'm telling you, I've never learned so much about Christ as banking my experiences with my sons off of the Word of God. <coughs> and, the, and the picture I get in this is that I know in this room there are many of you who are hurting and you are struggling and you are facing a giant. You're facing a giant. And you're looking up and you're, you're, you're looking up in terror and you're looking up in fear. And this, this picture in my mind rolls around of a little, a little boy and, and I picture my little boy who he gets scared so easy. He gets scared so easy. He, he has to sleep with a nightlight. And for the longest time, I had a problem with his nightlight. I'm not sure why, but I wanted to man up, boy. <laughs> he was like four. He's scared, Daddy, I'm scared. And we went through it one night. I'm scared, tears flowing. I'm like, there's nothing in here. You know what? He looked at me and said, will you stay with me? Will you stay with me? Z, come out into our room last night as a matter of fact and it was late like 3 o'clock in the morning maybe I can't really remember because I was just out of it and he comes up to the side of the bed and his head only comes up to the side of our bed little Z 3 years old you know and he comes and he's like tugging on me daddy daddy and I'm like what <laughs> he's like I need to go potty and I'm like it's right there He's like, it's too dark in there. It's too dark in there. So you know what I did? I got up out of bed, and my little son, you know, he's because I'm laying down, he's on my level, he's looking at me. So I roll my feet out of bed, and I get up, and his eyes go. You know why? Because compared to him, I'm massive. And he turns and walks into the darkness knowing that I'm right behind him. Unafraid. Right into the dark bathroom. You know why? Because one, I was with him. And two, I'm big enough to turn on the light. That's my boy. And he knows that if anybody messes with him, I'll smack them right in the mouth. 
I'm not a pacifist. You mess with my kids, you're going to fight me. You better be bad because I, I love my kids. Don't you see? That's my son. You're not going to mess with my son because you're messing with me. You see what I'm saying? What name do you carry as you stand and you look up at this beast of a problem and this enormous pain? Do you understand you can turn around and look to see Jesus, the true power, the true domination, the true name, the true warrior standing behind you going, it's okay, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Or are you standing alone? You standing alone? Or is daddy right there? You see, these sons of Sceva, they wanted to take the name. They wanted to take the power. They wanted to be known for the glory. But they wouldn't know. They wouldn't recognize. You remember what the evil spirit told me? said, Jesus I know. Paul I recognize. You know why he recognized Paul? Because Paul was part of Jesus. He's like, Jesus he knows. And he recognizes Paul because he knows Jesus. But who are you? Who are you? The children of the king will be recognized. The others will stand alone. And they will be the one that faces the giant. What type of giant do you have in your life? I'm telling you today that as Thanksgiving approaches, today can be the day that you are thankful that you became part of the king's family, that you were adopted as sons into the eternal family, that you took the name of Christ in a different way today. Some of you have proclaimed the name of Christ for a very long time, but he does not know you. You are not known by him. You just say his name. Will today be the day that you come to his throne and bow down and be washed in the blood of the Lamb and bought by the King for all eternity? Stop playing games. Let's be thankful today that the King paid the price. As you come forward, I... I extend an invitation to you to come forward to be saved today. There are some of you here who are pretending and I'm calling you out because you got to lay it down. Today may be the last day. Today may be the last day. And I'm not telling you to come say some prayer and do some dance. I'm telling you to bow down before the King and take the name that matters. Some of you have been saved. Some of you, you may know the king, but you're so wrapped up in the gifts or so wrapped up in the storm and in the waves and in the trouble, you have no idea. He's saying, listen to me. Come to me. Be known by me. You're just looking at the iPad. Lay your life down today. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus or come to Jesus for the first time. And let's get this thing started. Some of you need to make yourself available. 
There's so much going on here. There's so much going on at your work. There are people who need for you to be used by God. There are people who need for you to be used by God. Lay down all that junk you're messing with. Make yourself available to God. Who here today would lay down their life? Whether for the first time, the second time, or the last time. Come. Please come.